My name is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational speaker. Now let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. Now you kids are probably saying to yourselves, hey, I'm gonna go out and I'm gonna get the world by the tail and wrap it around and pull it down and put it in my pocket. Well, I'm here to tell you that you're probably gonna find out as you go out there that you're not going to amount to jack squat. Welcome to episode 86 of Formidable Opponents, a show that pits three people who have known each other virtually their entire lives in a series of conversations as we argue what is best in a variety of fun, engaging, and critical pop culture topics we all debate about. I'm Randall, and with me as always, Bob and Joseph, and this week, we're remembering Chris Farley. Chris Farley was a comedian and actor who rose to fame in the 1990s as a cast member of Saturday Night Live. He was known for his larger-than-life personality, physical comedy, and quickly ascended up the ranks of popularity amongst the storied cast of SNL, later using that platform as he embarked on a film career. What can we say about Chris Farley? No intro can do him justice. He was a thunderball, he was larger than life, he was adored, he was personable, and despite the stardom, despite the joy he gave us in such a short time, and despite the success, he struggled. Yes, we will talk about his addictions and the tragedy and how we as fans felt losing someone who left us wanting more. Despite all this, Farley was loved and forever will be. He left us saddened by his exit, but he left us inspired and forever missing him. This week, Formidable Opponents remembers the great Chris Farley. As always, I'm joined by two guys who have been down in the basement drinking coffee for about four hours, but they should be all ready to go. Bob and Joseph, how are you guys doing? <laughs> doing great, man. How about yourself? Doing hey, all what's right. up, everybody? Joseph, so, what's Joseph, going on? Uh, Joseph, what's going on? Joseph, Joseph's a little ill, so we just want yeah. to tell everybody that he's doing us a favor. He's powering through this one. <laughs> but, but, but ill the way the Beastie Boys use it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just his love for Chris Farley is getting him through it. So, guys, we've been talking a long time about doing a Chris Farley episode. As, as we know, the 25th anniversary of Chris Farley's death was this past December, December 18th. So we're a little over 25 years away from his death, and uh, or the 25th anniversary Jeez, from his death. that's crazy. Yeah, it's 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 insane. Before we start off, where were you guys when you heard about the death of Chris Farley? Uh, this was uh, nineteen nineteen ninety seven. Ninety seven. Jesus Christ! Yeah, we were in junior high. I remember it popping up uh, probably on MTV News. Man, I think yeah. it, I think it popped up, and that's where I caught it. Uh, seeing that he had passed away and being like, "What the hell?" Like uh, Chris Farley, especially at that time, that was like peak when we watched. When I watched SNL and, and I was really big into his movies because uh, it was just hilarious and it fit my type of comedy be being a 14 year old kid, a 13 year old kid. So, uh, man, it, it was it was pretty tragic. But I think MTV News is what broke it for me. I, I probably heard it um, from word of mouth from from somebody who who You're heard welcome. it. I, I don't. Yeah. Um, we didn't have we weren't really doing the text messages back then. At least I don't think so. Maybe. No, yeah, no, we no, were, I didn't start to wear college. We were, what, and it costs us money. Yeah, seventh, eighth grade. 
Yeah, I, I, I can't remember specifically, but I just remember being sad. And and then, but then, you know, when you heard about the, you know, the circumstances surrounding it, uh, it just made shit even worse, to be honest with you. And I, it's a Chris Farley episode, so we, you know, it, it, you can't ignore that part, you right. know, uh, the, right. the circumstances around it. Uh, but I, I, yeah, I think I, I probably just heard it from word of mouth and just, and just thinking like, well, that fucking sucks. And it was a real big shock, real big, um, real big shock. I mean, because we were, it was like you mentioned, it was somebody that we really admired, really appreciated and, and, uh, and just fuck out of nowhere. And then like I said, I think um, I want to say it coincided with a MTV movie awards or there was something that went on at the time. And cause I remember some of the guests of that show had, you know, shouted out Chris Farley and this was pre-internet, or the infancy of the internet, I should say. So there was no social media. There was no TMZ. There was no we, – we didn't have cell phones yet, or at least they weren't uh, you know, as, as ubiquitous as they are now. Just finding out about Farley, it was a shock. When you read about his history, we're going to talk about his history, and we're going to talk about you know, his struggles. We'll get to that at the end because we, we're also here to celebrate him and how he made us laugh. It wouldn't have been a surprise if we had known what was going on at the time. But since we were so young, and like I said, the internet was was in its infancy, we were shocked because he was so young. We, you don't know how young thirty three is until you're past thirty three, yeah, and no and shit. that's just that's just such a young age to to lose your life. Let's talk about the good things to start off because yes, we are going to touch upon the drug abuse and and the addictions and all the other things that Chris Farley uh, endured during his. Uh, his short but storied life. Bob and Joseph, when I say the name Chris Farley, what are the first memories you conjure up? What do you first think about? Living a van down by the river. That's exactly what I think about, man. That's the first thing that pops into that into my mind. Matt Foley, a motivational speaker. That quote, that line, I mean, it's just burned into my memory. So when I think I hear Chris Farley, that's the first thing, him lifting up his pants and, you know, sweating profusely. And, and that specific skit, dude, I just, I can't get it out of my head. I think I was more, I, I think I was introduced to the movies first. Now, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, the, he did at least, how many movies did he do uh, while he was on SNL? Was it just Black Sheep and, and Tommy uh, well, Boy? No, well, well, just Tommy Boy. Black Sheep came out after he was fired by SNL because Lauren Michaels did produce Black Sheep, yeah. but that was post SNL. And so, yeah, go ahead. So, which one? It was Tommy Boy. It was just Tommy did. Boy. While okay, he was I think SNL. Yeah, I, that that time period uh, of SNL, you can call it the golden age of SNL, whatever you want. I that's probably the the yeah the SNL that I was introduced to. But I, I want to say that I was introduced to it probably because of Chris Farley doing uh, Tommy Boy, and to me, when I when I, when you the name Chris Farley, I think about his his movie first, and then it actually leading me to uh, what he did on SNL and the just hilarious things that he did on SNL, and it's because and then to me, like I said, I think it's because of his movies, and that's probably where I got you know first introduced to him. I think of probably seeing Tommy Boy first, Tommy Boy, and being introduced to that. And thinking it was just this hilarious, yeah, the fucking hilarious movie that it I is. Take, I can take it if you can. Yeah, and then being able to go back and and you know look at like I said the just all the skits on us now. You probably know, it, got probably got me into the show. Let's just say that. You like know, and just, and just yes, Tommy Boy was his first starring role, but before that, he had minor roles in in the Coneheads, which I think he was the only good part of the movie. That's true. <laughs> and, <laughs> Airheads and uh, Wayne's World one and two, but Tommy yeah. Boy was his first starring vehicle. So he had some movies under his belt during the SNL days, but Tommy Boy was, I think, ninety four. So I think it was his second to the last season on SNL. But for me, 
I mean, I think of Chris Farley as someone who gave me some of the best TV moments in my life. Uh, he was a tragic figure uh, who never really had the opportunity to have these interstitial moments where we got to see the holistic capacity of his talents. We think of so many comedians who got to showcase their talents on a variety of levels. Adam Sandler, Mike Myers, Will Ferrell, Jim Carrey, uh, Robin Williams. And I, but I think of the entirety of Chris Farley's short career and we really only knew him for seven years. And I think what we saw was a blip of what could have been. I mean, it's a story of laughter and comedic inspiration, but it's also such a tragic tale. And we're left wondering what Chris Farley could have been. And, and I think of the question for this episode is what Chris Farley could have been. And I think that question for this episode is as important as answering what Chris Farley was because what he could have been was he could have been a huge star. And we saw the the impetus of it. We saw what he was capable of. And that's what makes this so tragic. Can you recall the first time you guys saw him on, on SNL? Well, there is the two skits, dude. It was, it was the Matt Foley and then the Chippendale skit with yeah, Patrick Swayze. I mean, that, <laughs> Fourth episode. That was, yes. yeah, that, that was one of them that it was just so fucking hilarious. And, you know, looking back, and I was actually watching the videos today, the old skits today, like you just completely stop paying attention to Patrick Swayze. And you're just you're just like hooked on Farley and his dance moves and his, his facial expressions and his, oh, man, he just he steals the fucking show. I mean, and Patrick Swayze was such like a – major superstar at that point in time <laughs> and you know like this this handsome dude dancing and all ripped everything but you can't take your eyes off of this young chris farley who's like just stealing the fucking show it it, it was pretty he amazing did, i think dude. that's he did, uh, he did he stole the goddamn show oh i love yeah as funny as it is i love like at the end too when he's like when they're telling him like no that they're picking uh can't remember patrick swayze's character's adrian. name adrian it was barney adrian. and adrian great name by the way but they, they're telling him all the reasons why, and he's like, he's cool with it, he's cool with it. But then all of a sudden, he just like starts like kind of flexing. moving it and flexing. <laughs> like, like, like no are you sure? Are you sure? No, 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 we made a decision. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, all right. <laughs> that part's funny. Yeah, dude. I, and and I, I'm sorry. I just want to throw back real quick. Like I'm, I, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm 100 sure I was introduced to him. Not 100 sure. Let's say 90 sure. I was, I'm. I seen him ninety two percent. Seen him as a as a security guard in Wayne's World, who later got a name in part two, I believe. God, but was, was, he I, I, guy, was he was he playing the same guy at in part I, one? Part two? I, 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 I want to so. believe so, right? You want to believe, but in in credits Why it says security. It says security guard. I got and, no place to go. And uh, and in part two, it says Milton. But I remember seeing Wayne's World and thinking he's fucking funny. But like, I don't think I knew who he was at the time. I didn't really like give him. I'm pretty sure I didn't like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't realize that was Chris Farley. Like that was him in, in a small minor row. I just remember the security guard being real funny, like on his way up through Chicago, on his way to New York and doing all this <laughs> shit. And then, you know, Wayne making the, 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 throwing the comment, like he was pretty knowledgeable for a security <laughs> guard. <wasn't he? laughs> well, like, didn't he do that? I hate my father, I hate my life, but I feel was, great, man. I'm going to go was part, a fight. Yeah, that was yeah. part two. <laughs> yeah. And they gave him a, they gave him a name. They call him Milton there and you figure it's the same character, but, but yeah, I think, yeah, to be honest with you, I think that's, I didn't know who he was in Wayne's world. Like, I, I'm pretty sure like it was, 
That's like I said, it just, it just, to. yeah, no, I'm, I was introduced to him as a, like, you know, person like, Hey, this is fucking Chris Farley through Tommy boy. And then, like I said, going back and seeing the SNL stuff. I just think of Wayne's world too, where he's getting hit with a tennis balls, trying to get the microphone or what was that? <laughs> <laughs> I was, and the fucking, the, well, they, they make it seem the character like Garth starts pressing the, <laughs> press, pressing the fucking thing quicker and quicker <laughs> like an asshole. <laughs> I was the first time I saw him. I remember the exact skit. So there was a weekend update where Victoria Jackson was playing Roseanne and Chris Farley was playing Tom Arnold. And this was this was a time when Tom and Roseanne would show a lot of, uh, you know, PDA. So there was a lot of humor in this skit. And this was a weekend update. And Farley gets on top of Victoria Jackson. You could see like, you know, his butt crack. So they cut they cut back to Dennis Miller, who was hosting weekend update at the time. He breaks the fourth wall and he asked the audience. Did I just see the new guy's ass? <laughs> <laughs> I like how you, you, had, you had the accent and everything. Fucking Dennis Miller's little cha-cha. Yeah, he's got a weird one. Guys, what made Chris Farley stand out? Why is he considered our generation's John Belushi? What made him stand out to you? Honestly, and it's, I, I it's, smile. No, it's 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 his um. It, we, it's it's I don't know. Is is it sad? And I'll kind of answer this with a question: Is it sad to look back at his uh, self-deprecating, you know, yeah. comedy? Good. Uh, is that because that's to history? That's yeah. what you know. That's what I know about him. That's what I always and 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 it's because you, you we loved you know what he did, but we know that he was a lot of his comedy too came from kind of making fun of himself. Yeah, uh, and. That's a tough. It's it's a tough question. I don't want to say that's why you know what makes him stand out. I, I, I if 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 anything, it's you know his loud over the his loud uh, outlandish characters, his uh, his performances for those. But uh, but I think uh, you can't help but notice like he he what was that he made that jo- he used to make that joke fatty fall down yeah go boom fat, yeah, yeah. you know so people laugh yeah so yeah so there's there's that too but i i think it's more you know the characters like i said the the over the top characters and the over the top performances and even the ones like when he did like when he had his own chris farley show skit where he was kind of yeah. like you know the, the nervous little like you remember that time is, is, it, is it true <laughs> the love the love you take is equal to the love you make <laughs> remember so, when you're in the beatles yeah. that was awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> Fucking Paul McCartney. So, I mean, I think it's sad, but it's also, like I said, it's that other part. What do you think, Bob? Uh, I think I'll piggyback on that. I think that what made him so great was that he went all out in every skit that he had. You know what I mean? He was willing to go that extra mile and and be outlandish and be over the top loud and to fall on tables and to, you know, do cartwheels and, you know, just be that crazy character. And not only that, he had this crazy ability to make all the other SNL uh, cast members break. Yeah, Yeah, that great ability to make them crack and make them smile and make them laugh. And like they couldn't help it. He was the funniest dude in the room and like he knew it and he. He did whatever he could to, to to make the other cast members break. Like I I know one he did where he was playing Adam Sandler's wife, where Adam's like, "Kill me now, Lord," or whatever. Give me yeah. cancer now, Lord. Zaggots, where, yeah. Where he's talking about like a steak restaurant, he like grabs Adam Sandler's leg, and Adam Sandler like jumps and twitches and starts smiling. <laughs> like don't fucking touch me. <laughs> I think that he had that great ability to do that. So I, I think his over the top, you know, and, and specifically to. 
to Sandler, like like you mentioned, Bob, he, he would specifically do that to Sandler, like the Pepper Boy skit. That was, yeah. which <laughs> he was, you know, you know that, right? He wasn't supposed to do that. Yeah, you, you know the history. Not. You know the history behind the Pepper Boy skit, right? So Dana yeah. Car Dana Carvey came back to host SNL, and Chris Farley had more lines in the Pepper Boy skit, but they all got it got cut for time. So they just had him say, "You just have to say thank you, Pepper Boy. That's the perfect amount of pepper, and that's all he had to say." But Chris Farley was pissed that all his lines got cut out, and he only had that small that small dialogue so he asked the costume people get me the most obnoxious beard in the in the you know wardrobe department and he puts on this beard and he goes on thank you ever more <laughs> you know what i mean completely breaks adam's <laughs> That's so fucking hilarious, man. Dana Carvey talks about it. You can hear Dana Carvey under his breath say, I don't a break. Because, you know, Adam Sandler is about to, about to laugh. He had to look away because Farley was so, I mean, hilarious. I think I love that he did that. That he was like, you motherfuckers, I'm going to fuck with you. <laughs> you know, he was always on, I think, skits, interviews. I, I watched a lot of uh, interviews with him on Jay Leno, on, on David Letterman, on Conan. Conan Bryan, yeah. Yeah, and he was he always had this puppy dog demeanor. And he was, Joseph, like you said, I have it on my notes too, self-deprecation. He was this big, sweet man-child. And I think what's underrated is his genius. His reactions were so genuine and saturated with this innocence. I think a lot of that was both real and an exaggerated version of what he knew adored him to the fans and what made people laugh. And, you know, I mentioned John Belushi on the question my dad loved john belushi i think my dad thought john belushi was was mexican even though he was he would even pronounce the name <laughs> belushi you know he would uh you know but belushi and, and seeing his movies he was always about business and the stage was his playground i know chris farley idolized john belushi he would even wear his pants under under his costume and you know but belushi didn't fuck around and he didn't seem very endearing i think chris lived and died like belushi at the same age they both died at 33 both yeah. died of the same cause speedballs heroin mixed with cocaine that stimulant and depressant i think the one thing belushi has over farley is that they both have cult movies animal house with belushi tommy boy with farley but belushi has a legacy movie the blues brothers that's the action comedy music it's a halloween costume it's a franchise chris didn't have that but i think you guys would both agree chris farley way funnier than john belushi what do you guys think yeah yeah i'm with you on that i mean granted we 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 grew up with chris farley we didn't really grow up with with belushi he's a little bit before our time yeah, yeah. good point uh so i i think that's why we had different humor different time you know, he was a part of Animal House, and Animal House in itself is just a fucking hilarious movie, but there's so many hilarious characters in that movie. He was just one of the many, you know exactly. what I mean? I, I was uh, about to say, can yeah. I say so, say something unpopular, but uh, I throw go it ahead, in say it unpopular. Unpopular. No, no, no I just... I, I, shit. Watch, no, 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 I, I, want, I honestly think Animal House is so, like, it's a cult classic, it's so well-known, everybody knows Belushi's character from that movie. I don't think Belushi's very fucking funny in that movie at all, to be honest with you. I find Belushi funny in other things. I find his 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 SNL skits funny. Yeah, I find him. I find I find his uh, other shit that he's done, but I don't see John Belushi as this fucking cult figure that they make him out to be for Animal House. I really don't. Like Bob just said right now, there's so many other fucking hilarious uh, performances in that movie. And I honestly think John Belushi's kind of just pushed down on that. I, but he's so well known for that fucking movie. And and I, I don't think he deserves so much credit. This is just for that movie. I'm just saying, like, I know people probably might want to get, I don't know. If, what does he say? Does uh, that piss you off, Randy? I mean, well, I mean, I, yes. flounder. Why flounder? Why not? <laughs> uh, what was the like, best? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like two good love. I think that was the most underrated. And you're flounder, and they're like, "Why flounder? Why not?" I think <laughs> one of the, the, the best, one of, like the best one of the, 
Go ahead, Joseph. Well, I was gonna say, like, like I mean, funny. There's a few funny, like, yes, there's a few funny things. I think one of the funniest things he did was grabbing the guitar and, and smashing it. <laughs> what, about, what, about, what about when he gave that speech? Did we give up when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Wasn't that the Leave him alone. He's on the roll. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I think like, I, I think I think that he's a funny character, but there's a lot of funny characters. He didn't steal yes. the show, he but no. he's funny in that movie. Exactly, like, he Marley, he didn't Marley steal the show. Every, uh, he yeah. stole the show in every but, scene. In but every Belushi gets movie. a lot of credit for that movie, and I, I I don't see it. I just but I do. But Belushi is very funny. I, he was very funny on SNL. I've seen him in other things too, and he, he's funny. I just don't think he the the whole. When people think when you mention the name Animal House, people think Belushi, and I just don't think that's when you mention any movie that Chris Farley's done, you immediately think Chris Farley. You don't think about the other characters in the movie. It's Chris I, yeah. Farley. We we do have a section of this podcast where we talk about Chris Farley's movies, and I do have a maybe not so popular opinion that's coming up. But before we get to that, guys, I want to ask you this: losing Chris so early and seeing some of the personal and professional decisions that were made by him, you know, we knew he had better in him. Do his last few years and how he lost his life. Does that affect his legacy? No, I don't think so, man. I think it's just a, it's a tr- it's a tragic story, dude. It's a tragic story of a a great dude. He seemed like a great human being. Came from a you know uh, you know that just got caught up in, in everything that, that I mean, like they do, man. I mean, Hollywood and fame is just such a tragic thing. I mean, look at people like Cobain. We lost him three years before that. John Candy, Heath Ledger, you know, these actors and these. I mean, especially like comedians. A lot of them come. I mean, Robin Williams. They come from this place of like. There's a darkness that they have to like yeah. get themselves out of, and a lot of times they use comedy to to do that. So you know it's it, it's it's tough, and it's it's hard to be the the uh, big time in Hollywood and this big time actor, big big time comedian, and you know when you yourself have demons and have to put on a, a show or persona every time you're out in public. So I mean these guys have it rough. It just it's a, it's a tragic story. I don't think it it, it, it tarnishes his legacy. I, I would have loved to, like you mentioned, uh, to know like what could have been. Because mm-hmm. I know there could have been, there was a lot more to him and his acting uh, that we probably would have seen in the future, but uh, it's 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 just a tragic story. I don't think it tarnishes anything at all. What it is is just the way the way you know it happened and the way we read about it is it's sad. It's a terrible, sad ending to a. I still think what was a what was what I still believe was a, a flourishing career. Um, I know uh, I believe his last starring role was almost heroes and uh i that's one of my i love, I, I love almost heroes i know people you know what a lot of people kind of pass over it but um i think almost heroes is one of one of the funniest yeah. movies uh ever and i think uh him and and uh brought not matthew brought, perry uh, matthew, matthew perry, perry work well with each other did you know it, that that he was going to be the voice of shrek yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can see those that video that, on you. There's that, that, that you on YouTube still. It's such it's such a crazy thing to me that that was like the next step in his career, and and oh man, that would have been so crazy. That would have been. I think he would have done it justice. You know, not saying that that Michael Mike Myers didn't do that, but uh, man, he would have been great at that character. Uh, he had ninety five percent of the voice done, and his brother, um, gosh, I I can't remember his younger. I think John. Uh, they asked him if he wanted to complete the five percent, but he was he was you know so hurt by his brother's death. Like you know when we watch Toy Story, like Woody, uh, Tom Hanks's brother does all the voice. For Woody, like for the video games, for the commercials, for the shorts. That's not Tom Hanks. That's his brother. He has a brother? He has a brother who looks and sounds just like him. And so I think uh, Chris's younger brother, John Farley, he was in a, an MTV show that together, that boy band show, he played the older oh, guy. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah, uh, yeah. No, that was Kevin Farley. Kevin, I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. Kevin Farley. 
and he so, played the, the older brother. Harley the Harley older Harley. brother, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so they had asked him if he wants, because he he sounds just like Chris. And they kind of looks him, like him too. Yeah, he looks yeah. like him. And they asked him if he wanted to complete. He's you know he's hurt by it. I you know I, I've listened to the Shrek. Um, you know Chris Farley doing the readings. Mike Myers brought something different to it. Chris Farley played it straight. I don't know if it would have been as big, but who knows? I mean, maybe they would have done another dub. They would have had him acting more outlandishly. But I mean, Shrek would have been a, a legacy. Uh, that legacy we we're talking about that Belushi had and Farley didn't. It probably could have been with the Shrek movies. As far as I know, there's only that scene uh, where they're sitting by the campfire and he's talking about like why he is kind of the way he is. And and I, I remember it from, you know, the movie with... Uh, with Mike Myers. So it's a, it's, it's not so much of the, at least and again, this is all I believe that's, that's been released as far as I know. Um, the scene itself is a little, I don't want to call it serious cause it is an animated movie, but the tone of the, the scene isn't supposed to be funny. So I, I, I'm, I'm just curious what the funnier scenes sounded yeah. like with Chris Farley, with you know, cause doing the screams and all that. Yeah. Stuff. yeah. Because that, that, that scene that he, that he did that you can find on YouTube, it's, it's, it's a straightforward scene. Like Randy said, you know, he's just kind of the dialogue and he, he, he didn't sound like he was doing anything with his voice. So he was just talking, uh, but it, it would, it would be interesting to, to hear the, the funny comedy stuff. Like I said, you know, the screams, uh, with the, what, Whatever, the back and forth banter where he's you know joking with the with Eddie Murphy's Eddie character. Murphy, that'd have been cool. Um so it, it's kind of hard to say like, well, it would have been better or it wouldn't have been better or it wouldn't have worked. You, you know <laughs> I mean it, it's um, kinda it's kinda hard to say it too, especially since there's so is, many goddamn Shrek movies and we've yeah, seen you know, Mag Myers and, is the only person to play that character. And it but it is sad that like, you know, th- who knows what that would have been. Like I think Bob just said it right now. Who who knows what kind of step that would have been for him in his career? Yeah. Um, would he have slowed it down a little bit, his partying, like you don't know. Because it was I mean None of you can't. None of his movies were necessarily kids' movies, but you know this is a kids' fucking animated movie, so it's it's you know you just I, wonder what would have happened. We'll talk about his last days and and his last year, of course, uh, when we conclude. It, and I'm, I agree with both of you. I don't think it affects his legacy because we wouldn't be doing a show about it right now, right? Yeah, no I should. I think the fact <laughs> that his potential is so is so shrouded in what ifs makes his legacy that much more intriguing finding out more about him i think what sucks is that he's this massive genius and now he's considered a cautionary tale you know it partnered up with his legacy i think his lifestyle was a blueprint of what you should not do and i hate that footnote because his career gave everybody so much joy and i'm glad we're focusing on that more because when he died it was all about he did drugs, he was depressed, he was abusing alcohol, he was abusing food. But now as time has gone by, you know, Sandler created that song for him and and people are appreciating him more. People are going back and watching YouTube clips of SNL and Tommy Boy. And I think now we're at a place where we're finding a much, you know, a, a better appreciation for what Farley did rather than saying, well, he's the guy that died because of drugs. Man, that's that song fucks me up, dude. I was telling Ryan before the show. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I, I've cried during it earlier today, and then like uh, listening to it, and I was like, God damn it, I have to change it. And I was like, Why are you changing it? I can't go get through this damn song. Uh, <laughs> it's such a sad song for Farley, but that's pretty badass. That I mean, such a, a great song for a Sandler to write about it, his buddy. That was a good one. I'll talk. We're going to talk about uh, portions of Chris Farley's life. Let's start off with a history. So Christopher Crosby Farley, Crosby, didn't know that was his middle name, was Chris born to make a jump. jump. <laughs> he was born on February 15th, 1964 in Madison, Wisconsin, into a large conservative Irish Catholic Midwest family. His father, Thomas Farley, owned an oil company, the aptly named Scotch Oil. For Thomas, he was an old school businessman who conducted a lot of his meetings over whiskey and porterhouse steaks. His mother was a homemaker and Chris was the middle child of 
five children, four brothers and a sister. And Chris, and we and we know about this, Bob and Joseph, he idolized his father like any middle child, mm-hmm. you know, seeking the spotlight and approval. It was important for him. Chris Farley had this quote where he said every time he did an SNL skit, he was doing a performance for his dad. He's like, I just wanted to see if this makes my dad laugh. Like Matt Foley, his, his most uh, famous character on SNL, it was a... Um, uh, attributed to his dad, the way his dad, yeah. he talked about how his dad would say, like, start off slow and then start yelling, like, I wish you kid would go shovel the slow, the snow. And, <laughs> you know, I, I wish you would do this. He would, you know, just an impression of his dad, you know, Farley would often get in trouble and his dad would pick him up from school and would dismiss his behavior, sort of giving Chris the, ah, what do they know speech? And this enabled Chris because he loved his father so much. And he saw this behavior as an outlet to get his father's attention. And quick aside on Chris's dad, guys, Chris went to a weight loss camp camp as a child and Chris's father pulled him out and gave him the whole like what the hell do they know speech I think in that it was a depressing moment Chris Farley's dad was like hey let's get out of here let's go get some ice cream or whatever and I think Chris got a lot of his views on rehabilitation later on in life from this memory because remember Chris Farley was in and out of rehab 17 times and of course Chris was a big kid and to counter being bullied and, and to your point Joseph on the self-deprecation he would make fun of himself and do a lot of pratfalls I think his logic was I don't want to be labeled the fattest kid in class I want to be known as the funniest and and I read an anecdote that Chris got kicked out of school because he once pulled his dick out in computer class. <laughs> and I, I know something that's something you once did at Golden Corral, Bob, but, you know, he <laughs> once pulled his dick out. Of, so, guys, in your experiences in growing up, how do you think all this affected his formative years? It was a Wendy's. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, I think I think that it had a had effect on his comedy, like most comedians. Like I mentioned before, I think a lot of comedians derive their comedy from from a dark place because they've yeah. obviously been through some kind of shit or tragedy or something in their life where they're like they had to make life kind of like a safety mechanism, you know, coping mechanism to make uh, light out of a situation. They'd be the funny one, or they'd make jokes, or they try to, you know, out of nervousness, you know what I mean, or out of you know just just to save themselves, they try to make a situation funny. And uh, I, I think that's exactly what he tried to do. And, it, 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 you know, like most comedians, it it sparked, oh, I see a lot of people laughing when I do this, when I make fun of this or I do this or talk about this. So I'm just going to continue and build off of that thing. When you hear about what you're hearing, what you said about, you know, kind of kind of getting <laughs> somebody's opening whiskey. <laughs> the ghost of Chris Farley's That's dad. a hell of a court. <laughs> um i i i don't know man i to hear that kind of i i don't want to say that ingrained in his in his thinking that like you know what like what do these places know like you know you know when you hear things like that that you know his dad would would take him out of these things um when you stop and actually think about him now that you know the character that he's gone you know and look at it and, and analyze his life and the things that he did like being that I don't want to be the fat guy just make him laugh so that they don't fucking talk about you know me being overweight or something like that fucking sucks to be honest with you i mean it really does like i i hate it you know you you, you know he felt like that's what he had to do and i don't know it's it, it's tough man it really is we'll quickly talk about his improv beginnings because it's, it's important to know the history of chris farley and, and if you guys want to you know add something please feel free so chris farley we know that he attended marquette uh where he and he took a drama class um at yeah. marquette university and he was bitten by the performance bug uh chris farley later enrolled at this place called the arc improv in his hometown of madison wisconsin bonnie hunt and joan cusack had taken improv courses there so it was a famous uh improv troupe there in madison and as as class was being let out he approached 
approached he approached the instructor where he begged for the opportunity to join and i'm sure he was scaring the shit out of the instructor because this guy finally capitulated and said okay fine show up tomorrow morning my wife runs the beginner course so the husband forgets to tell his wife that this wild man was going to show up to take this class so the wife calls the husband and said did you tell this uh big crazy guy that I had a class and he was welcome and he was like, oh, I forgot to tell you about him. So she says Chris Farley shows up shouting and he brings a case of beer with him. And the wife is like, (laughs) who's this fucking lunatic? And it's, you know, it's Chris Farley. And, you know, I read that Chris wasn't the best student and he would beg his teachers to do a show because you'd have to do all your lessons and you'd have to, it was like a class. You had to pass all your lessons to do an improv show. And he would never stick to his lessons. His, His attention was never there. And one day he started banging on the walls. He went to his instructor's office and started banging on the walls screaming that he wanted to do a live show i think he frightened this lady the instructor gave him the ultimatum and she said if you fuck up this show you're not doing another show until you can complete all your lessons and you can pass them all so she let chris farley go out there and guess what the star was born he completely rocked out and he you know funny conclusion is that you know this guy who just a few days earlier went into a rage got off stage and innocently asked his teacher was i good and she gave him a hug and of course she made him the featured star, and he was the featured star. He outgrew it, but this guy was just from the get-go. He was born with it, and, and you guys saw that, right? When you see Chris Farley on stage, yeah. I mean, what are some of the things you guys think about? His loud presence, his his, his uh, voice, his uh, – it was just – that, I mean, as you're drawn to it, you 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 really were, you know, on the ones that they did, because I know they didn't really, you know, when he started out, he probably wasn't doing anything too major, but – when they finally started letting him like do featured or, 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 or like being the, the main person of a skit on, on SNL, it kind of seemed like the you know, everybody else kind of just moved with him. Yeah, if, yeah. if, you know, where he goes, you go and you got to keep up with it. Yeah. You um, got to keep up and, or you're going to get left behind. That type yeah. Of thing. I mean, it's, it's, that's something that I, and I think he did that, you know, anywhere he went, like you were kind of just drawn to him, even if it was just out and about. And you hear about these, you know, you kind of read about these, these parties nowadays. And then when they talk about things and, and get togethers that they would have, and, and it just, it always seems like everybody was gravitating to him wherever he was, whatever he was doing, because he was going to be doing something he want felt like he needed to, like, it was, is it more going back to like, just like, I have to be on all the time. I have yeah. to be funny. I have to make everybody laugh around me. I have to make everybody feel good. Cause those insecurities you know it kind of you just kind of gravitate to him yeah Yeah. what bob do you think he could have if jimmy fallon was on snl during the time chris jimmy fallon would have been fired because that fucking guy would have stopped laughing dude he would have been done i don't think he wouldn't have been able to hang yeah he wouldn't have been able to hang with that type of shit he'd be the laughing dude in the corner that he'd he'd be kicked out of skits yeah If, if horatio sands could not you know if you can't get through a skit with him there's no way you could get through a skit with yeah, Chris no Farley, shit. you know, Chris Farley's above, <laughs> shed and shoulders above him. Chris Farley went on to Second City, a very uh, yeah, um, in Chicago, famous, dude. Yeah, yeah, Chicago. So he left Arc, Arc Improv and made uh, the move up to the Farm League that was Second City. And the alumni, these are some very impressive alumni. John Candy, Michael Myers, Stephen Colbert, Catherine O'Hara, Gilda Ratner, Amy Poehler, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, Steve Carroll, on, Steve Carell, I'm sorry, and on and on. So and Carroll. 
and Carol, right? You have re- you have ranks in Second City, and you want to get to the traveling group. That's where you make money, and that's where you get booked for road shows and boat shows and all, and make money. So for performers, this takes four to five years. Chris Farley was in the main cast in nine months, and that was just astounding. I was reading some of Farley's antics here, and he had the habit of showing his dick and his ass off stage right before he entered. <laughs> so like someone would be doing a skit on stage, and if you looked off stage to the left or to the right, you were screwed because Farley was showing you his genitals or his ass and on cue before he ran up on stage he'd pick up his pants and run on stage like nothing happened so could you imagine <laughs> trying to work with this guy <laughs> Jesus. Just hilarious. so this matt foley character that we're going to talk about in the next portion of snl it was created here at second city by bob odenkirk who we know yeah. as better call saul yeah right? better call saul guy yeah. Yeah, and he felt Chris Farley should, you know, embody the character that he'd be better for it. He was absolutely right. He also wrote for SNL. SNL scouts discovered Farley and he was called up to the big league. So here's an interesting note, guys. Michael Myers, I'm sorry, Mike Myers, Michael Myers. I Mike- said Michael Myers like, what the fuck was there and in Hattonfield? Mike Myers joined SNL the year before Farley. And of course, along with Dana Carvey, Phil Hartman and Dennis Miller, Jan Hooks and Victoria Jackson, they were all the anchors of that 89 season. SNL lost a heavy hitter with John Lovitz, who left for Hollywood. He he was cast in a movie called Mom and Dad Save the World. And it flopped. Mm. I'm sure John Lovitz was like, I'm going to be a star. And, you know, it didn't happen for him. Right. Anyway, Lorne Michaels was looking to replace John Lovitz. He brings in Chris Rock and he asked Michael Myers, who should they audition from Second City? Immediately, Michael Myers said, you got to bring in Farley. And so now we get to the SNL days, guys. So Chris Farley joins SNL in, in 1990 along with Chris Rock. Farley didn't have a lot of screen time the first few episodes, of course. Being an anxious guy, he started feeling the effects of not being showcased. Then a skit written by Jim Downey, and you guys know him as the trivia host on Billy Madison. A simple note would have sufficed yeah. on Farley's fourth episode. <laughs> We're all now dumber. The, so let's talk a little bit about that. We talked a little bit about this earlier, but the Chippendale skit is considered oh, his breakout skits. Now, the con- one of his uh, funniest skits. The controversy reported was that Chris agreed to do this skit because it got him featured, but he was concerned that he would be typecast as Fat Man Falls Down, Everybody Laughs. I listened to the Fly on the Wall podcast with Dana Carvey and David Spade, and they had Jim Downey on as a guest. They said Chris was fine with the skit, and he ran around naked all the time, so why would he get embarrassed to get shirtless? Because the, the big controversy was that Chris was going to be typecast as this fat guy. We're going to laugh at him because he's fat. Chris Rock claimed that this was devastating for Farley because not only were people laughing because he was fat, but that he lost the job to Swayze. And it taught the audience that fat people were lesser than and uh, Chris Farley took it to heart. But what do you guys think? I, to me, he seemed fine. I don't I don't I, I did you hear this controversy? Yeah, no, I, I didn't. I mean, I could see that. I just think for, for somebody like him, who's always had that, like looking over his shoulder thing, you know, about somebody making fun of his weight, you know, since he was a kid, you know, there's, he's uh, got a lot of history with that, like people making fun of his weight and calling him nicknames and bad names you know bullying him about his weight since he was a kid so it's it's kind of a thing that just never goes away and i think that's what he was just going through mentally i think it was just stuck in the back of his mind like oh man i'm taking my shirt and like he doesn't give a fuck with his friends but on national tv like yeah, what are people point. gonna say what are people gonna say are they gonna make fun of my way but i think that he completely stole the fucking show and it made him a superstar yeah and it wasn't because he was the fat guy dancing he was the absolutely, you know, hilarious dude with all doing the worm and all these crazy dance moves. He fucking stole the show away from Patrick Swayze as as sexy and, and cool as Patrick Swayze is. He was nothing, dude. He was he was pushed to the side and brushed to the side after that skit. And I think that that 
that says a lot about Farley and, and, and fuck the weight thing and, and what they're saying. Like, he stole the show and became a superstar at that point in time. To be honest with you, and I'm not lying, no bullshit. I, it wasn't because I didn't find it funny because, oh, he was clearly, he's standing next to Patrick Swayze, who's, you know, in shape. I don't want to say he's cut. He didn't look like he was in, you know, roadhouse shape. You can call him him beautiful (laughs) anyway. (laughs) You know, but so, I mean, the clear difference, uh, I, as, and Bob just kind of said it too right now, it wasn't for me about his weight. It wasn't because it was the, the fat guy trying to get a job at Chippendales uh, against the skinny guy. He just danced better and they were funnier <laughs> dance moves. It was, that's what it was to me. It was, it was, it was him. I mean, I don't know if he, I, I, I've never read and maybe you did Randy, uh, if he, where those moves came from, if he practiced them, if he had them in mind on what he wanted to do as far as, you know, how he was going to dance. It just kind of seems so on the fly. He seems so comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I never knew anything about that. And it's kind of, you know, that, that part, hearing about it now, it kind of sucks because, yeah. you know, I, I know there was, and there is, a, there are those people that just laughed because it was the skinny guy and the fat guy. But he was just, he was funny. And it wasn't because of his weight. He just... Like I said, he he busted out moves. He funny funny moves, better moves than what than what <laughs> than what exactly, a, the man. character of Adrian was doing. Um, where Adrian's prancing around like a ballerina, and and Barney's you know ripping the shirt off and you know rubbing it between his legs and doing. I mean, it's just it was funnier. It was funnier. It was funny because of what he was doing, not because of his because it was because of his weight. You know, and that, you- to me at least. You look at it, guys. He wasn't that fat back then. He was no. He, he was. I mean, granted, this is 1990, uh, but he's he could be like a uh, a law enforcement officer in Texas with that body. You know, I mean, he wasn't he wasn't that fat. But you know, we consider him. I think, and I agree with both of you. I think the joke was in the comparison of how these two dance so differently. For me, I like to think that Chris Farley wasn't embarrassed or ashamed. That you know he was doing the skit because he seemed like he went at it. He did a lot of things yeah. where he exposed his you know his 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 stomach Anus, and his body, apparently, and, yeah, and his penis in, <laughs> in the writing room, apparently, you know. But let me ask you guys this: What were some of your favorite uh, Chris Farley skits on SNL? Focus on beauty. That was one of the. <laughs> I was like, "There's no alcohol." <laughs> that was obviously that one. The like we talked about the the. What do they call? What do they call those magazines? Where it's him and Sandler, where they're reading the book. Oh, Zagats. The Zagats. <laughs> yeah. uh, always <laughs> okay, but they was all funny. I mean, the whole Swartzky, the whole Bill Swartzky, they were all funny. Yeah, you Swartzky. were you were laughing at you were laughing at Farley's character. Yeah, I mean, even though they were all hilarious, like that would make it a baker's all... dozen. There, Bab. <laughs> you know, how many heart all... attacks that been? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I I can't. To be honest with you, I I I can't think of a character or a skit that. I didn't think he was but funny, I, and you know, to be yeah. honest with you, and I yeah. just named a few. Obviously, the Hurley boy. What about yes, you? Yes, the Hurley boy. <laughs> Let yes. the boy water your plants. <laughs> love, For the love of God, I think I <laughs> think listeners go I go back that, go back to the early early days of our Instagram page. I think um, I think I posted a picture of uh of the of Sandler and 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 Chris Farley. From the Hurley He Boy skit, and I think but, I put a caption about like, "We just listen to their damn pod, please," yeah. <laughs> so, or some shit. I don't know. I, I think it's. Say, I, I think I, it's. I just like, posted one today about that same skit I was watching. I, I think it's like one of the first couple of posts we've ever done. 
on our Instagram page. Bob, I'm sorry. I, inter- I interrupted you. Some of your No, yeah. no, no, no. Go for it. Uh, dude, the, you have to mention the hidden camera coffee skit. Oh, yeah. The caffeinated crystals. <laughs> you know, down, son of a bitch. He gets all pissed off because they switch his coffee stone pies and they're hitting him with like beer bottles and shit and he won't go down. <laughs> How do you feel? Angry. I love that. That was one of the funniest skits. Uh, the Hurley oh, Boy, yeah. the Bears. Matt With Bowling. God is my witness. <laughs> I don't know where he got the pies, and he's fucking hitting people with pies. I mean, that skit is just fucking hilarious, dude. Um, uh, the Bears skits, yes, of course, a heart attack thing. Matt Foley, we've talked about already. I mean, just genius. One of the most underrated I loved was when he's on a Japanese game show. Do y'all remember that oh, yeah, one? Yeah. <laughs> Mike Myers is like the host, and he's like, uh, the concierge said you want to go to a game show, not exactly be on a game show. And like uh, Alec Baldwin cuts his fingers off when he gets the thing wrong, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He starts losing his shit. I thought that that gets like super underrated, and it's That's very subtle one. for him because – He's so over the top in a lot of his skits in that one. He was, like, very subtle. Uh, I loved um, – let me see what else. Uh, the Chippendales, the Hurley He Boy. Uh, man, he's – like I said, any any skit that he was in – I mean, the 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 Gap Girls was fucking hilarious as well. Like, lay it off me. I'm sorry. I love that, dude. I love that. I think any – you nailed it, Joseph. Any skit that he was in – he was going to steal the show, whether he had one line, no lines, or he was a background character, he was going to steal the fucking show. And and because he did, he did, he did. Yeah, it's like it's like the Pepper Boy skit. I mean, it's Fresh it's not necessarily, um, you know, <laughs> it's it's a funny it's a funny skit. It, it is. But you remember it for me, at least I remember it because of the end. I remember Chris Farley with that fucking beard. And the why? Thank you, Pepper Boy. <laughs> <laughs> that is the perfect amount of pepper. <laughs> yeah, it was. You know, a, a few of them. I, I remember when he was Meatloaf and uh, and that. Yes, dude, along, Meatloaf was, he was great. Dude. You know, and the one that we reference a lot. He has no lines, but they're doing a spoof on Music Awards, and they introduce Wilson Phillips. Wilson Phillips <laughs> sitting there as Carney Wilson. <laughs> That's just the best. I'm, thank God that you brought that up because I had in my notes and I didn't mention it. Holy shit, that's one of the funniest. Wilson Phillips. And then, hold on for one more day. He's there holding hands. Oh, my God, dude. Fucking the evil, that the roasting. Of that was tremendous. Uh, Matt Foley, of course. That's the one. Uh, you know, and writers loved Chris Farley because if you wrote him into a skit, odds are it will make it an air. He was their golden boy. He didn't write anything. He had people write for him. And, of course, these skits were, you know, a lot of them were fatty, falls down, goes boom. But Farley – he wrote a skit and he pitched it and his he had never written a skit before but he pitched a skit called Puppy Lawyer and it completely bombed and it, you know I think David Spade said it, I felt when he was pitching it that it was an SNL skit within itself because he was so bad at it but he was just <laughs> always caveman <laughs> lawyer with Bill Hartman sort of reminded lawyer. me of when you mentioned he was known for his pranks he was known for you know so many things and I honestly think and we did uh a show early on in this in this podcast uh, best SNL male cast member and we none of us pick pick Chris Farley I, none of us pick Chris Farley but I think all of us would probably have him in our top five wouldn't you say oh yeah for sure for sure who were who the picks at that we, point in time we had I think Eddie Murphy uh, Bill Eddie, Hader and I think did you pick Will I Ferrell picked, I picked Will Ferrell yeah okay yeah yeah why so, did I think I think it's only because we didn't pick Farley because I think he had such a small or short stint on the show that he uh, I think that that had to have been one of the reasons I'm sure was, somebody's gonna cuss us out about that but that was, those are great episodes we did best male and best female mm-hmm. uh, art uh, character SNL cast. Or, I mean I mean SNL cast member I'm sorry 
Where did he come up? I, I always question where. Sorry, that was a long way to get to this it's point. Okay. Well, I kind of, I, I, I question where he came up with. Uh, but it was funny. I just kind of always wondered why, uh, where the char- the Chris Farley show character came from. Uh, yeah. Because because you know, uh, complete opposite of his, of yeah, his personality. Right? Complete opposite of any, yeah, of his or the person the personality that we we uh, saw we yeah, in yeah. seen publicly. To, and it's a memorable character of himself or, uh, or or a version of himself interviewing people, interviewing musicians. Like I, his one with Jeff Daniels was also very funny yeah. as well. Mark, as Mark Martin Scorsese. Martin Scorsese. Just, you know, where, where did he come? I, I always wanted to know where that came up from. Like, I'm going to, it's the Chris Farley show. I'm going to interview people, but I'm not the Chris Farley that, you know, we all know, you all know and love. I'm this fucking uh, nervous uh I don't want to say fanboy, uh, because he was a fan, but he was like, you remember when you were in the Beatles? It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just, it's so, so different. So I wonder how he, I've, I've never looked it up and maybe I need to, um, how he came up with or how that was, uh, brought about, like where he's going to be this character where you're not yourself. You're going to be, you know, uh, a nervous, uh, you, you're doing great, Chris. You're doing great. <laughs> really? Really? Thanks. <laughs> I, I, I want to say, I can't remember which writer came up with it, but I know a writer pitched that. And, um, you know, it was a great way to get Chris Farley up there and kind of like have an exaggerated version of Chris Farley because we, we know him to be very like, anxious. You know, and anxious, very- <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he was, uh, he was OCD as well. Uh, he would often touch and lick things at the studio and of course (laughs) no and yeah i read about this he would lick and touch things like in in a pattern and of course it added to his anxiety and at snl that's where he started using the the drugs ocd is at or at least heavy drugs right ocd is at times associated with far more dangerous compulsions and we saw that here i know that there was an incident i was watching the dark side of comedy and they were talking about chris farley and Melanie Hustle, who was a cast member at the time, recalled a story where Chris Farley was completely wasted and she saw him in an elevator. And I think she was with David Spade or somebody. And she saw a bunch of NBC executives like on the same floor where Farley was going to walk out and he was completely wasted. And it was like a, a you know, it was like a movie. They, they pushed him back into the elevator. Uh-huh. And tried yeah, to get him. I heard that one. Yeah. And they so try to get him to stay away from the execs so he didn't get fucking fired. Yeah, exactly. So when they get to the bottom floor, the, the doors open and, and Lauren Michaels is there and Spade and Melanie Hustle are like, let's get by Lauren Michaels and get Chris Farley out of here. But Chris Farley runs up to Lauren and said, I fucked up, Lauren. I'm so sorry. I'm so, and like, you know, completely blowing the cover. And Chris, you know, he's Melanie Hustle said, like, you know, Lauren Michaels hugged him and said, it's okay, Chris. And he paid for a rehab, you know, uh, a stint for Chris. Of course, we had talked about he had gone to rehab 17 times. And I think a lot of times it was like a timeout for him to calm the PR waters. As I mentioned, like his dad, you know, sort of saw these these sort of disciplines as something that was just temporary. And I think Chris had that in mind was like, I, I'll go to rehab so I could keep my job. I'll go to rehab so I could apologize to my bosses and my, you know, the inspirations in my life so they won't fire me or get mad at me. And I think he was very much a people pleaser. So he did yeah. these things, but with without the intent of wanting to get well. Yeah, I can see that, man. I can see that. I can- like, uh, you know, we want you to go to the algo, whatever you need, man, whatever you need, whatever you need, you know what I mean? But then it'll be mm-hmm. right back onto it. I think, um, you know, and, and that was sort of the, he did get fired from SNL, but Lorne Michaels did produce Black Sheep. So that was a, a connection he wanted to keep. He knew Chris Farley still had the talent. And let's move on to his movie career, guys. 
So everybody wanted to get Farley in their film. We saw him on Coneheads, Airheads, Wayne's World 1 and 2, Billy Madison. And of course, Chris gets his starring vehicle in Tommy Boy. And I know critics panned it. Roger Ebert's review is scathing. You could read it online. Fuck that guy. I know. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that one. Uh, which, of course, saddened Chris because Chris was a very sensitive guy because he just wanted to be loved. And of course, yeah. the movie got off to a slow start, but it became a monster on video. Guys, uh, give me your views on Tommy Boy. What do you think about the movie? hilarious and I, you know what and to be honest with you as much as we laugh at the over-the-top stuff and the the, the incident the, you know the scenes where he, i thought he showed some depth to be honest yeah with for sure there dude. are for moments sure, in that sure, movie sure. where he's scene. yes there's the boat scene just like just you saw more to him and i really and i really liked it as, as funny as it was and yeah it's, it's so it's his first starring role it's his first um you know i mean he's it's i mean yes it's co-starred with with um with uh with david spade but we don't call it a david spade movie we call it a chris farley movie and i mean because he's a central character (laughs) well he's the main character he's the focal point of the movie i i thought it was a brilliant movie i thought the story was good um his chris farley was performance was great uh he was he made us laugh he was very funny he made us feel for him because the character itself the tommy boy character i mean he, he it's a he loses his father the business is you know on the brink of of, of you know going bankrupt and losing that too and and i just it's it's more than what i think it's more than what what people expect and that's what's kind of like crappy i guess when you hear about the reviews when you, when you know the review of that because oh why 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 because it was because it was the over the top antics there was also a story there there was also some heart I, I, in that I, I, movie. I, don't, I don't think that anybody's really ever i mean they shit on all those movies where snl yeah. characters were the lead characters in an actual movie they usually tend they tend to shit on those too but what so i like about this really so real, real quick before you go bob is where am i this going? was this no 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 before you, you get into get <laughs> into your to to this movie i like that this movie these weren't characters that were from snl these were no. these were roles these were written yeah. characters written uh, they were somebody it's you know wayne's world that's you know snl you know, it's a yeah, movie. The ladies, you know, man. SNL, the ladies, yeah. man. That's an SNL character. A lot of these, you know, movies. Uh, even what's that movie with Molly Shannon, superstar? Mary Catherine Gallagher. Uh, yeah. These are movies that are ba- that are taken from characters that were on SNL. None of that happened with with Chris Farley. These were new, genuine characters that had some heart to them. To be honest with you, Bob. I'm sorry. I, yeah, I, no, I, I, I agree with you a million percent. Dude. I think Tommy Boy was was a very, very, very good movie. Now, mm-hmm. in contrast, Black Sheep, I thought was very funny, but it's it's a bad movie. Like, mm-hmm. I think that it's it's like, let's just take these two characters and give them the same kind of personality and let's throw them in this this movie, and it just didn't work put out. Put them out on the road again. Yeah, yeah, put them out on the road. And it's it's very similar premise, and I don't think that it worked out. It didn't work for them as well. I, I didn't. Black Sheep, like, if you tell me, like, Tommy Boy's on, I will definitely watch it. Black Sheep's on. Probably won't, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, it's not my cup of tea. Not saying that it's, it's terrible because I think that Chris Farley's very funny in it, but it's the same character. It, it feels like it's the same character from like. And that's what's crazy is when he did Beverly Hills Ninja, completely different character. He's way more outlandish and fucking funny in that one. <laughs> my favorite character of his, out of all the movies, I, I mean, granted he he showed a lot of heart and you know, well-rounded character in Tommy Boy was. The bus driver and Billy Madison dude was his funniest <laughs> fucking character. The angry asshole bus driver, you know, the pervert, you know, uh, 
me. Yeah, he and her got it on. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. Then him like <laughs> fucking around with a penguin at the one point. Then the penguin starts like rubbing his <laughs> shit, and he's like making eyes. Like I thought that was hilarious, dude. He's over the top. Uh, um, almost heroes. Dumb movie, but ultra ultra funny. Perry and and. And Farley's character blended together. I thought that that was great, dude. Uh, really, the only one I, I didn't really care for was Black Sheep. I know, Rand, you probably agree with that. What do you think about no, Black uh, Sheep? No, 100%, Bob, because it's funny because you talked about Billy Madison. And every time I think about Chris Farley, I always think about him holding back Adam Sandler so he could look up uh, the teacher's <laughs> yeah. dress. Veronica Vaughn. <laughs> It's a great piece of ace. Yes. Um, you are correct <laughs> when he's doing <laughs> Take some of his shirt when he's doing the study. That'd be so great. So the boat scene, Joseph and Tommy Boy, that that you talked about, is where he talks to his dad his and dad. says goodbye. Oh, yeah. Great fucking scene. Brought a lot of attention to producers and filmmakers. It was that raw emotion, and people saw a side of Chris they never knew. And it was a quick thirty second scene, but he was offered the lead role in Cable Guy, which went to Jim Carrey, and in Kingpin, which I think it was Randy Quaid's role. I think, but he had oh. those opportunities. He had to turn them down because he was contractually obligated to do another film for the studio. And that film was Black Sheep. So Chris's agent called about the movie and she wanted to see the script. But the problem was there was no script. A lot of the script was written as the movie was being filmed. And that's never good. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah, but they decided to pair up Farley with a reluctant David Spade. He didn't want to do it. But Chris, you know, convinced him. And uh, David, I think, knew it would bomb. So they were supposed to cast a hotshot actor for Chris's brother in the movie. But they couldn't secure one. So they went with Tim Matheson. You know, no uh, no digs Animal at House. Animal House. Animal house yeah but it was a terrible movie and i think the only scene i really remember i where he's falling down the hill and when the the bed falls on the other bed other than that i thought it was, <laughs> or the it was, bat on the oh yeah the bat there's a bowl of chocolate pudding in my pants we didn't have any pudding in there buddy so yeah, yeah those are the only funny scenes of this and so at the premiere at the premiere chris took his brother um i think one of his brothers to the premiere of black sheep and chris started sinking in his chair he was embarrassed because the movie was so bad there weren't a lot of people laughing and he left a little bit before the movie ended and supposedly went like on a four-day bender because he was so depressed that the movie came oh. out so bad so he was in and out of rehab and he was offered six million dollars for beverly hills uh ninja uh, and he was actually sober for that movie. And David Spade has a funny story where, you know, he tells David Spade, you know, they're offering me $6 million for Beverly Hills Ninja. And then David Spade said, really? And then Chris goes, is that a lot? <laughs> like, yeah, $6 million. <laughs> yes, fucker. Knew the damn movie. At the time, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. There's so many little, like, stupid little yeah jokes and things and it was like quintessential chris farley him bumping into bye everyone and bumping into the bus and like him being able to be crazy doing you know he did all rolling his stunts. around throwing kicks yeah doing his stunts i'm yeah. more of a tangerine but i love chris rock's little role in that. okay chris farley did, did all his stunts um in beverly Hills ninja because they couldn't find a, a a stuntman his size or that could move like him remember like in snl he did that skating uh scene with um skating skit with nancy yeah. kerrigan so this guy was like very <laughs> yes. athletic he would do cartwheels he would flip he would take bumps pratfalls i mean I, I don't know i honestly think you know he gained a lot of weight because he replaced one addiction with another addiction with food because he was sober during beverly hills ninja but he ate a lot and i think um you know i don't know guys I, I this is probably not a popular opinion i think tommy boy's his only good movie that he's the star in i i, 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 can, I can agree with that it was the only 
big movie, it's like Almost best. Heroes didn't have. It was his best one, like Almost Heroes, Black Sheep, Beverly Hills Ninja. They're all kind of like you know. And he only has the four movies. movies. Not, yeah, those four movies. Oh, five, I'm sorry. No, well, four. I'm sorry. In, four. He, he came four. out in Dirty Work with remember the yeah. orbit of his nose. Yeah, but he wasn't the he wasn't the, <laughs> the main no character. he wasn't the main character in Norman. But yeah, I I think that of those movies, they're all kind of like dumb comedies. But I think that Tommy Boy really he was the most rounded was his most most rounded character. So I think it was a great movie, man. I think he nailed it on that one. Black Sheep, not so much. Beverly Hills Ninja was just for goofs. It was just for fun, just for laughs. Like, there's no real plot line. Over it. It's just for fun. And Almost Heroes, I, I love that movie. I don't give a fuck. I think it's so love- stupid. It's, it's funny. I do see it as much as I love Almost Heroes. I do see a difference in, in the character. I don't know if it's uh, – did they give Perry uh, – top billing because so. you, you or, or maybe it's because of the character that that chris farley is supposed to play yes we, we i love that movie i think he's hilarious in it but he's supposed to be this like um you know mountain what is he he's like uh he's they, a, they, a mountain men tracker you know things like that navigator He's he's kind of has his moments his where he's where he's, supposed twig, to, <laughs> right in the head. where he's supposed to he's supposed to be a little bit where he's supposed to be a little bit <laughs> serious. I don't as much as yes. There's those there's the moments in that movie where Chris Farley does you know something he falls of course you know you laugh at that or or he yells uh, something outlandish happens him getting carried by the the eagle when he takes his egg you know All I need so, it was <laughs> something like something like that. But I think for the most part his character is supposed to be a little bit more uh you know reserved or 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 or, or tough. So, so he's not constantly like doing something outlandish, and I think that's what I, I, I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was funny. Got a, got a bit of a drink. I, I can't. What did you say, Bob? I was like, would you like to have a drink? No, got a I bit of not. a drinking problem. <laughs> I got a bit of a drink. I embarrass myself in fine company. <laughs> I'm talking about getting. Uh, I'm not talking drunk. about getting pissed drunk. I'm just talking about a taste. A taste. It should be. He's like chugging a taste. It shall be. <laughs> After Beverly Hills Ninja, Chris was called by David Mamet about filming a biopic on Fatty Arbuckle. Who yes, was dude. Yes, yes. I wanted to mention that. That's that would have been great. I think. Yeah, he was in Fatty Arbuckle. For those who don't know, he's a famous silent film actor, comedian. He was a defendant in three widely publicized trials between 1921 and 1922 for the rape and manslaughter of actress Virginia Rapp. Or rapé, uh, yeah. he was he was acquitted for that. But you could read on that on Wikipedia or whatever. There's, so Farley, a, go ahead, Bob. No, I was like, there's a lot. I just I was reading about like just Fatty Arbuckle, like in yeah. one of his other wives too, that she accused him of like uh, being like abusive too. So mm-hmm. I can only imagine Chris Farley playing that type of role. Yes, oh, man, that would imagine. Yeah, it would have been great. I think so. Chris Farley was excited because he was no longer going to be Fatty Falls Down Goes Boom. This was going to be a serious and challenging role. Uh, I had heard a um, a story when David Mamet called him that he started crying like, this is my breakout role. Nobody's going to see me as the fat, funny guy anymore. However, Mamet's condition was that Farley stay clean and sober for two years. So Chris broke down crying because he didn't think he could do it. So this caused him to fall into a deeper depression. He was eating more, using more drugs. Chris just didn't have that discipline, man. And, and you know, producers and, and directors and all these people have so much money invested in a product, in a film, that you can't trust somebody with those addictions unless they're clean. And, and they that was their contingency. Chris just couldn't follow up with it, man. Yeah, it's 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 really heartbreaking to hear because, you know, you finally get your big break or what Chris Farley assumed how he felt that this was going to be his big break into like serious roles. And they're like, there's only one condition you have to do this. And he can't do that because he is, you know, so far down the rabbit hole. It's 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 difficult to, to climb back up. So 
it's 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 really tragic. And I know, uh, of course, he didn't get to do the role because soon after, you know, tragically overdosed and passed away. So it's just it, it really sucks, man. So, guys, do you all remember his final appearances? I, I saw a skit on all that with Keenan, of all people, because Keenan, of course, ha- probably worked with every, every SNL person since Bill Murray. Um, <laughs> Chris Farley also hosted Saturday Night Live about two months before he passed away. Uh, he looked overweight. His voice was shot. He was, you know, out of breath. He had an oxygen mask off off uh, stage. Will Ferrell commented that it didn't feel right. But do you remember that last SNL uh, hosting appearance? Vaguely, uh, to be honest with you. Um... I don't think there's a lot of clips. I don't think you know you find a lot of those. those El Nino uh, is the only one. Yeah, I mean, really, that's that's all you you, you remember from it. The, I heard about the all that thing. I never saw that. I didn't even know he did that. To be yeah. honest with you, it's a good skit. Um, but I don't know, man. It, it, it's and I kind of don't want to watch it. Like I, I really it's don't want to. Like yeah, like because of the way they did they describe it and. I don't know. Man. There was a there was a Jay Leno appearance that he made in January. It was right after the Packers beat the Patriots for the Super Bowl, and he's a, a Wisconsin kid, and he's so hyped up. And you look at his nose, and you could see like some dried blood under his nose. So obviously, he was using, and it's just so sad to be a heroin user. And we'll talk about his addictions now. He battled a lot of things. I mean, drug and alcohol addiction, food, anxiety, depression. You know, Prozac was found in his system on the autopsy. He was OCD. You know, I think at the time of his death, he was two hundred ninety-six pounds. He was only five foot eight. That's a body mass index of forty-four point nine percent. He was so obsessive that he would always order two of two of uh, everything at a restaurant: two bags of chips or two. Uh, uh, bowls of chips, two margaritas. And I think his addictions is what, you know, we remember a part of it as. And, you know, he had those 17 stints in rehab. You know, he had done LSD, cocaine. He was snorting heroin. He had all these all-night benders. And guys, you know, because we, we know people who have who have been drug abusers. And if, if they don't want help, you can't give them help. And it, it was such a tragic thing. And what would, what did you guys think about, you know, when you when you heard about Chris Farley's addictions and, and what he put himself through? I think you nailed it earlier. Like you said, this wasn't the, the day of social media. So if you weren't reading the tabloids or, or, or whatever, you didn't really know, especially us. Like we're, we're still in junior high and high school. We're naive of the situation. So to see Chris Farley from SNL and Tommy boy and, and Beverly Hills Ninja and, and almost he was like these funny movies, like just get caught that way or die that way. And they mentioned all the drugs that he was on and how he overdosed in his last moments with, with, with the prostitute and her yes. leaving him there and her, him begging her not to leave. And he stayed in that, that position on the floor and died. It's just so fucking heartbreaking, man. Cause this guy just, it's the same way not to go off top of the same way. I felt about Robin Williams when I found out how he passed away, uh, yeah. you know, he committed suicide. It's just such a shock because these are people that brought such joy and laughter to people on screen. I mean, through movies, through skits, through, I mean, they seem like such genuinely good people and, and happy people and funny people only to have all those demons going on. And, and it's just, it's, it's, it's tragic, man. It, it's really, it's a terrible, terrible situation, terrible way for him to go. And for us to find out. It's like Bob mentioned earlier and kind of what we've, we've, we've said before, I think when we talk about situations like this or, or just com- comedians in general, the ones that, I don't know, I guess they kind of feel like they have to be this persona mm-hmm. all the time. Maybe he felt like he needed to be that person. He took everything so personal if 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 you didn't like, with the, you know, you didn't find him funny and whatnot. And so using, you know, 
drugs and whatnot. And, and Bob mentioned it earlier, you know, comedians just kind of being wounded clowns. Yeah. Yeah. All the time. Um, I, I was honestly afraid we were going the same way with Jim Carrey for a moment there. Like yeah. he just seemed kind of so be funny, be funny, be funny, you know? And yeah. it's just like, you know, just he's, he's, you can't always be that person. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought it was, um, I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I don't want, I, I don't want to talk about this, but you know, at the time, uh, there was a horrible website that was, uh, that posted oh, like the fuck. pictures. Yeah, I can't remember pictures. the website. I can't remember their name, nor would I ever mention it. Um, How fucked up was it that they actually had that? They had a website that would show the death photos of celebrities. And it it was like a popular thing. And this was like 98, 99. Yeah. That was back then. Imagine. And now how it is like, that's fucking crazy. That people Um, would create a website like that. It's pretty fucked up. Of course, you know, somebody being able to email you them at the time. (laughs) Yeah, or put them in a in an IM chat or some shit like that. AOL to, it, to see them. Uh, it's just it was fucking horrible. It really was. Um, it was and it was just really sad to hear afterwards that like you know just dealing with all that shit. It's like Bob said. We we were young, naive. We didn't have all the access. Uh, we weren't buying. I, I don't think I don't I don't think he ever made the tabloids like he wasn't I think there was always well there was no there was no TMZ or Yahoo yeah. News or you uh, know what I mean no like, but I mean like, like but but the the publications that like still did like print back then I don't think Chris Farley was on their radar um, yeah I mean so and, and, kinda, and if he was and they're like oh he did drugs and went to rehab like you don't think oh everybody does drugs you know what I mean yeah. you don't think like it's that hardcore serious of a problem. Until it happens, and you're like, "What the fuck?" He was on morphine and cocaine and yeah. food balls and and uh, you know alcohol, and he was you know on a bender, mm. and he told the prostitute he hadn't slept in you know four, four days, days yeah. or some shit like that. Like it's just so like, "What the fuck, yeah. dude?" You don't expect that. You don't so, know. I mean, it's crazy. So you know his excessive lifestyle, and you guys, I, I, you guys hit the nail on the head. The drugs, the alcohol, the food, the prostitutes, lack of sleep, wanting to be loved. There was a story where he almost died a few years before his death. He was about to tackle a guy. I think they were they were horsing around, and he crashed into a hotel window. And he was saved by an AC unit, and the, and the glass shattered. They were on the fifteenth floor. Yeah, he, he was just so, all the way down. Yeah, he was so rambunctious and wild. And, you know, of course, you know, he died alone when he was 33. His last four days, I was I was listening to an autopsy uh, podcast, and they were talking about his last four days and what bender he was on with food, alcohol, drugs, you know, heroin, cocaine, morphine. And his buddy, Tim O'Malley, has Chris's last voicemails on his answering machine, and they played the voicemails. And Chris sounded very sad. He sounded very desperate, lonely, and hurt. And you listen to this, you're like, man, those are like Chris Farley's last words to to one of his best friends and people people said that the first hour partying with Chris Farley was the best hour of their lives. The second hour was pretty cool. The third hour was hell. So once Chris got going, man, I, I don't think a lot of people wanted to be around them. He spent his last day with a call girl or, or a, a dancer, exotic dancer, Heidi Hauser, and he was doing a ridiculous amount of drugs. As she was leaving, he shouted, don't leave me. He fell and he went to sleep and he never got up. And that photograph was actually taken by her. because Yeah, she, thought, she fucking sold it to yeah. a pet tabloid, the fucking... It- <laughs> she lied and well i don't know but she said that oh i was going to share this photo with him when he got up and said hey wasn't it funny when you fell and hurt yourself but this guy was foaming at the mouth from that from the edema that was filling his lungs and yeah. he had the you know the blood around the the forehead and the eyes i mean he was in 
you know, he was dying in front of her eyes and nothing happened. His brother discovered him. I think, uh, you know, it's sad the way he, he left us. But to wrap up, guys, let's talk about his legacy. You know, a, a guy who wanted to be loved. And I think he kept struggling with his image. He, I don't think he felt he could lose weight because that was his calling card, being the, the fat, funny guy. I think it couldn't be further from the truth. But that's what I think his perception was. He had a lot of attractive girlfriends. That bikini girl by the pool and Tommy boy was his girlfriend. And, and David, <laughs> David Spade had talked about this funny story. There was a production assistant at SNL who, who dated Chris Farley. She was very attractive and she, she had another boyfriend. She had a new boyfriend and Chris Farley was telling David Spade, well, she might find a better looking guy than me, but he won't be richer or funnier. She started dating. She started dating Steve Martin. So <laughs> David Spade was like, check, check, check. He got you, man. <laughs> so, I mean, but I think he was more than fatty falls down. I, I think he was, he was a generational talent. He had an aggressive stage present um, during his SNL skit. You know, like we mentioned, he was just so mercurial, spontaneous, and he was so effortlessly funny. I wish he knew how much he was loved by our generation. And he had so many demons. And I wish he, you know, he got the help that he needed. And my son loves Chris Farley. He's the only SNL uh, person that he'll sit through. The only SNL cast member that he finds funny. What do you guys think about his legacy? Again, man, I don't think his legacy can be tarnished. I don't think that people should be looked at by their ending or by one particular moment in their lives. I think it should be, you know, you should look at the whole picture. And if you look at the whole picture with Chris Farley, man, he brought a lot of joy into a lot of people's lives. He was generally a great person, a good person, a funny person. All he wanted to do was make his dad proud and he wanted to make people laugh. And I think that that's a great way, I mean, I guess to live your life. You just want to be the funny guy, man. You want to make people smile. You want to make people laugh. And, you know, there's a lot of worse ways people can be and, and act in their lives. And, and this guy was just such a genuine dude. You hear interviews with with uh, with uh, Adam Sandler and David Spade and yes. and. And all the, the ex-members, man, they, they absolutely adored him and loved him. And they're like, of course, they worried about him. And, of course, they said, like, dude, you need to get your shit together because they didn't want to lose him. Nobody wanted to lose him. If you saw, I saw, like, videos and photos of his funeral, you know, all the celebrities and, and cast members and people that went. I mean, there was a ton of people there that absolutely adored him, especially his family and his dad. And, and you know, that were heartbroken over him. And, you know, still they're still talking about him this day. We're still talking about him to this day. So I think his legacy will be somebody like like Williams, like Kirk Cobain, like Heath Ledger, somebody that's just gone too soon, somebody that whose flame burned out too quick. But they're just great people, and, and we are fortunate enough that we got this this awesome character and funny comedian. You know, for the for the for the span that we did, you know, we could have wished we could have had him longer, but for what we did, I think he did. Uh, you know, he he definitely left the mark. Well put, Joseph. The legacy of the films and the performances, and just from what we always hear aside from addiction and dealing with, you know, his own personal demons was that he was always like, I think you all mentioned, uh, just a generally good person to his friends, to yeah. his family, of course. And I think that outweighs any kind of like cautionary tell that people might, you know, try to throw out, you know, what not to do. You know, there's a lot of what not to do's in life. Um, and, and certainly Chris Farley isn't the only one. So, you can throw all that out the door and just remember the great performances. I can still watch all those movies um, and laugh, even though some might be better than the others, and and enjoy old uh, SNL skits. I can. I think um, back in the days, it was a Bob. Yeah, Bob. You had a, we had a couple. Of, you had a couple of 
uh best of snl dvds and we would always we watched the chris father one like more times than not oh yeah and, uh, sure. and we could always watch that uh we never got tired of watching it i don't know i don't know if he had enablers um he i don't did. know if it was I'm all sure he he okay sure yeah he i'm did. sure there, I'm there's sure that but i wish there was more voices in his head telling him like dude like how i kind of described him earlier you're you're funny and it's not because you're fat it's not because you know like i said that Chippendale skit, I laughed so much just because of his fucking dancing moves and because of his demeanor. It was never about him being the overweight person compared to the skinny person. I wish he had more of that in his life. He was just funny. And 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 it's it's nice to hear all the stories about his, his friends and former cast members. Uh, I think um, Sandler has said on multiple times that, you know, he showed clips to, he, to his daughters about, you know, I, I don't know if he calls him your Uncle Chris, but... It's just I think you can and like you and you do it, Randy. You show him. You show your your son clips. Uh, I think you can do that. It's it's great. I, 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 his legacy will will live on. We'll have. Uh, I mean, it was years. Uh, there was that I am Chris Farley documentary I think that came out. Yeah, it was a great documentary. Um, yep. by the way, it came out in 2015. It's kind of crazy how long it took for something like that. We'll have something else. Um, yeah, I just and, and, and there's. A biopic yeah, that'd be, that'd be interesting it's got to be and if it does i hope it's treated uh i hope the right people get behind that people like sandler uh his friends like to make it uh not a money grab but a, a legit like learn who this person was learn who my yeah. friend was and, and whatnot and i think they would that would work that would be successful and i would go see that most definitely as long as it's done right you know david spade i listened to the fly on the wall podcast and they talk a lot about farley uh uh, Carvey and Spade. And, you know, David Spade said, you know, we all try to help him. It was exhausting. And he started hanging around with, you know, this, these enablers, these drug dealers, and Chris wasn't the same guy. And I think that's a, that's an important message that we do talk about addiction. We do talk about the drug abuse. And and it, that wasn't Chris Farley. Chris Farley was the guy we all saw and love. Uh, what happened to him over the course of his last few years or when he started using heavily, it changed them. And we've all seen it with family members. We've seen it with friends. They're not the same people when they're under those demons and those vices. Chris Farley, had t- uh, I'm sorry, David Spade talked about how uh, Chris Farley, after a while, they were uh, away from each other for a while. They weren't really talking. They were estranged. Uh, Chris Farley comes up to him and says, hey, man, what are we doing, man? We're buddies. And and uh, there's a movie I want to do. And, and he, I guess I think he gave uh, David Spade the script. So the script was called The Tree. And in this movie, David Spade would play the president's uh, daughter's boyfriend. Like he was like working on, at the White House and he wanted to impress his father-in-law, his future father-in-law, who was going to, who was the president. So it was Christmas, and the the president wanted the the White House Christmas tree. And if David Spade said, "I'm your guy, I'll go and pick it up," and he had to pick it up in Montana or something, so it was a road trip. So guess who the lumberjack was going to be? Chris Farley. So the lumberjack was going to cut down this tree, and they were going to have a wild like buddy adventure trying to get this tree back to D.C. in the White House, kind of like due date. And that yeah. you know, it sounds a lot like Black Sheep. It sounds like Tommy Boy, but I would have love to have seen uh, you know one more farley and spade vehicle i would have loved to have seen him in grown-ups with sandler and, and all the other oh, bad boys yeah. of snl um he was just he was so remarkable yeah, he's just he incredible was, dude man. any any last words quick last words on farley guys one of the best um like i said will always be remembered and um never forgotten to be honest with you at least with us um, I know there's kids today who probably don't know who the hell he is. Um, oh, that's and they, a good and point. They sh- and they should. They should. Because um, I, I think they'd enjoy it. I, I do. Um, maybe they won't. Maybe it's not their comedy. But uh, I think they should at least give it a try. Chris Farley, dude, I think he will definitely live on. 
thank God for YouTube and, and and videos that we can go back and and like anybody can go back and look at skits or look at videos or look at movies or scenes and you know at any point in time. So you just type in Chris Farley and you could see all his great you know his, his his the skits and everything like that. No matter how old you are, if you want to show it to your kids or to your to your buddies or whatever whatever it is, dude. Thank God for YouTube because those little memories and moments that he that he gave to the world were they're there for life. You know what I mean? You don't have to wait for reruns. You don't have to wait. Oh, hopefully they'll show something on TV. Just log into YouTube, check it out, man, and and you can laugh again. I think he he brought a lot of laughter to the world, and I think that he will always be remembered for doing so. Probably the funniest person who ever walked this earth. Uh, he's an incredible guy. I know that we're going to play out with uh, the Adam Sandler uh, tribute to Chris Farley. Well, I don't have to listen to it. A <laughs> <laughs> uh, song that has made all of us, uh, you know, uh, uh, emotional. Um, so I want to match the tone of the exit with uh, with Sa- Sandler's song. And hopefully he doesn't sue us. We know God, he, we know he doesn't need the money. We love you, Adam. Come on, man. Please. This is for your buddy. Come on, man. Shabba, shabba. We, we, we don't make any money off of this shit. We pay for this to do this here. That, that's our show, everyone. Listeners, we'd love to hear from you. Hit us up and let us know what your favorite Chris Farley memories are. Let us know what you think about the show. You may reach us at formidableopponents at gmail.com. And you can follow us on all forms of social media by searching for Formidable Opponents. We want to thank Creative Little Pill for her great artwork. Please follow her on Instagram at Creative Little Pill. Please rate and review us on Apple and Spotify. That really helps us out. And join us next episode. We're going to skip another week. We have another travel day next weekend. But we'll be back in two weeks with best movie plot twists. So for Bob and Joseph, this is Randall. We love you, Chris Farley. Lady, lunch lady, lunch lady.